There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, what's up? Welcome to The Mitchin. This is a weekly food podcast. Podcast. <laughs> podcast. Um, where um, me, Andrew Levins, and my good friend Mitch Orr hang out in Mitch's kitchen, a.k.a. The Mitchin. But, spoiler alert, um, it's not really a spoiler, but it is an alert. Uh, we're not actually in Mitch's kitchen this week. We are kind of. We're in the Acme kitchen. Um, although, you, I hear you're going to rename it to Best Restaurant in the World, Acme Kitchen. No, no, we're not. Cool. <laughs> uh, well, I read them in the Telegraph. You can never trust what you read there. Um, today we have six guests. Last week I, uh, I I did a really really long. Oh, I have five guests. Good point. Thank you so much for returning guests, Mikey. Um, Wait, there's only really three guests, bro. Because me and you are always here. Yeah, Mikey's here again. Well, I, never, I mean, he, I, I never leave. People out you of you can't get rid of Mike. He could be here. Every he week. Can, Mike just turns up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you could be like. I, I mean, he can always be a guest. Yeah. Permanent guest. Permanent guest? Yeah. Okay, so cool. Three guests. So still, there's three guests. But we're still not putting his name on the podcast. No, no. I just feel like the couch. Just <laughs> <laughs> always there. Mikey's like the set. Perfect. Uh, anyway, last week was our first episode. Thanks so much if you were one of the many that downloaded it and listened to it and enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I don't know if you remember, but the first five minutes of that was just me talking and talking and talking. And so I thought I would make Mitch do that job and introduce everybody who is in the room right now, including our guest from last week, Annalise Gregory, who won't be speaking, but she will be making, making herself heard noise. by making pasta in the corner. Really loudly. Really loudly. Perfect. We appreciate that. Mitch, please introduce who's, everyone who's listening to the people that are speaking. Okay, Levens, that was five minutes of you talking again, so that didn't work. Uh, it was two <laughs> minutes at that. Okay, at so today, as we said, big guy Mike Egg is back in the house. Hello, everybody. Where do I know Mike Egg from? Uh, from Pinbone and generally being a dickhead. That's me. Uh, we've also got Rich Hargraves, formerly, uh, I suppose, still of Mamafuko. Yeah, I guess you could say still. N- not of Siebo anymore. Um, probably everybody's favourite person, aside from Dan Hong, to put shit on. <laughs> How does that that's 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 actually faster than last yeah, week. Yeah, it's so it's Dan it's we got the only reason well. I'm here, right? Yeah, and Rich is currently hanging out at Waterman's Lobster Co. Not really sure what he's doing there, but... I'm heading to the States in about three weeks. Yeah, but you're working at Waterman's, though. He you? dresses yeah, in the yeah, lobster yeah. suit and dances <laughs> yeah. around. He's the other one outside. Yeah, I'm out on the street. There's yeah. always money Just in the drumming lobster drumming up trade. Um, it's the winter. And also, we spoke about fun employment last week, and uh, uh, Rich yeah. is a part of that, too. That's true. Yeah. That's Rich is actually cooking now, yeah? We've, we've locked that down? We've locked it down. <laughs> yeah. I Shut up, Rich. That's, that's enough. Shut up. Giorgio, it's locked down. Giorgio, it's done. To be confirmed. We also have one of my business partners and the friendliest human being on the planet, Cam Fairbairn, in the house. Hey, guys. 
Hey Cam, um, hold your mic towards your mouth like an ice cream, like oh, an ice cream. Yeah, oh, that's better. Not like a rapper. Or if, if, <laughs> um, we also tried very hard to get Dan Hong this week. Um, his people so were quite for... difficult. Yeah, so Maryvale kindly <laughs> let us have Danielle Alvarez. Yep, I'm happy I could substitute, but you know we have the same. Our names are a little similar. Close. So well, you were quoted as being a uh, male pastry chef. Yeah, from New York. <laughs> so. so. Same, same. Basically. Basically, yeah. How many Dans are there at Maryvale? Uh, there's basically one. He's the only one and only. <laughs> get, get, I mean, into in the, the world, get into the right? tough he stories there. He's the only there. Dan in the world, I think. It, it's in Hongi's rider that anyone else that starts at Maryvale has to change their name. Yeah. No one can call me Dan because of <laughs> Dan Hongi. <laughs> Not what, allowed. What if we just started calling you Hongi and not explaining it? <laughs> I'll take it. As long as I can get the, the shoes and like the money that all comes the free, All the yeah. free shit. Yeah, exactly. You just have to post 20 shit memes on your Instagram every day. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll, I'll rip them off and I'll do it. No problem. How many minutes in? Uh, I think... I think that we was hit started a five minutes ago. Three minutes, so we're doing well. We're doing I, I, I think we're going to try and average one Dan Hong joke a minute for this podcast. Yeah. That's basically what the podcast is. What's going to happen when you get Dan Hung to oh, do it's this? It's going to be the event of the century. We have to pay the What are you going to talk about? We're going to throw a big extravaganza. There's going to be a party. Yeah. Be He'll a pay for it, of course. We're going to have to get a crowdfunding to get his like, per diems. Yeah. So <laughs> if anyone wants to donate money to the Mitchin so we can get Dan Hong. <laughs> uh, our email address is themitchinpodcast at gmail.com. Send, send the money there. Please email us some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Crowdfund for Dan Hong. Hong Fund. Um, we uh, are in the middle of award season, um, which uh, everyone in, at this table is going to pretend oh, it means nothing, doesn't mean anything, except when they win. And then it, oh man, it feels really good, doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't, nobody gets it right until you win something and then that, that's, that's the one that matters. Yeah, suddenly they're your favourite publication. Yeah. So um, good on timeout because they got it right. <laughs> so <laughs> la- last week we had uh, the Gourmet Traveller Awards. Yes, on Wednesday, which Cam was nominated for Maitre D of the Year. This is true. And he lost to some other person from Shameful. some crap restaurants in Melbourne. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's favourite loser over here. <laughs> You're my favourite Maitre D, Cam. Thanks, Dan. And then I, I heard that uh, everyone else at Acme considered sacking you because they thought you were a jinx and they were, all, they, they were in the running to win Best Restaurant of the Year uh, at the Time Out Awards, which were this week, but... Turns out, it we, out we came good We did it anyway <laughs> <laughs> And uh, who else was nominated for best restaurant? Uh, was it only, that was Sydney focused so LP, no... there was probably about 30 restaurants nominated Right um, LP's was, who else was? I can't even uh, remember I don't know, I didn't Lumi? Really see them Lumi? Lumi maybe, yeah Must have had Fired or been along No, 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 no they no, took no, out they best new restaurant yeah, but They must have been nominated no, in the they same weren't. category that's the only reason we won. So here's the thing: you won, <laughs> you won best restaurant, best restaurant food. of the year. Yeah, and yeah. the same thing happened when I was at the first year. I was at Momofuku, and we won restaurant of the year, but not, not best, best new restaurant. Yeah. I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah, is it because Timeout shares it around? They don't have a lot of repeat. Yeah, yeah, but then they won three know, plates. Not really. I got to run her up. That's not really winning. What is, what if, what has plates been? Is that the hat system for Timeout? I'd no, like, like or is it like you literally you won three plate? Oh right, okay, right. Are you going to serve up some dishes on that? That would be pretty good. Like for an extra $10, you can get your pasta at Acme served <laughs> on the timeout the, plate. The, the plate. <laughs> no one would pay 10 cents for that, Liz. We scratched the shit out of it. But you appreciate it. Anyway, by accident. So. 
Um, are there any other awards that were given out that you guys want to want to comment on? At, at Annalise. Yeah. Annalise. Annalise Gregory. Hot new talent. Ow. <laughs> hot, hot talent. I don't know. If she's not really that new, but um, it's well deserved either way. And what is she doing now for everyone listening that can't see her? She's, her she's actually working. Yeah, she's cryovacking pasta though. Is this a job that she does every week? Uh, every every Wednesday when I'm doing an office day. <laughs> he just air quoted that, by the way. Yeah, really just depends how I feel, to be honest. <laughs> and the rest of the awards were all pretty much, we kind of knew what would be coming across the board, really, you know. A professional podcast would have pulled the lists up and we could have read from it, but that is not what we as are. As far as yeah, but time if you're listening for a professional, yeah, for both, Time Out and Gourmet, they were pretty much, they were pretty much No, there, there was some, like, Benelong won Best New at Gourmet oh, without being nominated. Without being nominated. That's yeah. pretty I mean, harsh to the people that were nominated. Yeah, I mean, it's, oh, not, yeah. it's not great for the guys that were there that expected it, but at the end of the day, if they thought the other restaurant was... But yeah, like Benelong's amazing. Like, they had a tough spot there, though, because what were they... Do? They couldn't say, oh, and actually as a later edition, we're going to stick in Benelong because it would be obvious that they wanted them win. to win. So yeah. they, they were like... But I think everyone was aware that Benelong had missed this year's cutoff. But if they hadn't, they hadn't. Like they're but in if the mag, it, if so they not, but if the nominations are in the mag yeah. at X date, that's that should be the cutoff, no? Because I mean, otherwise, yeah. why nominated? Yeah, because it, 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 it happened a couple of years ago, Mr. Wong, didn't it? When they opened just before the awards, and then they got kept back until the year after. Yeah, exactly. But it should be like that now. That's yeah. every and everyone thought. I think even Pete would have thought originally that they'd missed the cutoff. And they would be in next year's awards. Mm. And I think everyone knew they would win it next year and was at peace with that. So it was a massive shock to the whole room. Everyone had a kind of what the fuck look on their face. Not that Benelong isn't deserving of such an award or Pete. Just how it went down. Yeah, just how it went down. How long have they been open? Uh, Five weeks. weeks. Do you think that's fair? Not really. I just don't think it's fair that other guys were nominated flew themselves up to go to the awards, thought they were in the running, you know. It's a really big thing for a restaurant to win and for those guys' nominations not to matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, yeah, a, it's, I was it's saying, hard for them. I was saying but to Annalise the other day, I reckon that Best New Restaurant is almost the most prestigious <coughs> award to win because it's the most cutting edge. It's the one that's like... It's certainly yeah, right most at the relevant. forefront. Yeah. Because yeah. the other exactly. ones, like best restaurants, they're always really tussled between it's the, same. You, the you four or five guys with yeah. a couple of million dollar yeah. wine list and the tablecloths and that. Because you can't compete with it no matter what your food is. Yeah. So the best new is the only opportunity you get with it, you know, where it's kind of like everything's even, you know, like everything's across the board. Like, you know, you just yeah. get that shot at it once. Mm. But, but, it, but at the end of the day, if they weren't the best and they didn't deserve to win... You know, like you're splitting hairs on days when they're in. Like, I yeah. think it sucks. It is, it is shitty for the guys that came up. But at the end of the day, there was already three noms. So two guys were going to feel shitty anyway. So third one. I mean, look, it's not a great situation, but... Yeah, I mean, but you could also, like, you know, you could even use the fact that they opened so close to the awards as, like, reason that they deserve that award because they were able to, you know, open a restaurant that operates as well as a best new restaurant can in such a short amount of time and it works both ways too because if you're in a restaurant next year and they'd held Benelong back when they could have been in this award and you lost because Benelong had had an extra six weeks to run at the award good news for Clayton Wells well this is the thing Clayton was like I'm never going to win anything because Benelong's going to open at the same time as me 
And now I'm like, oh, now you're going to win yeah. everything, bro, because Benelong's <laughs> done it. <laughs> no, you got, yeah, you got Alvarez over here opening up next year. Yeah, I mean, there's really still going to be a shitload of stuff. Yeah, Greeno's doing Greeno's Greeno's pub. chicken. Fresh so, you know. Even Benelong's going to relaunch his Benahong. <laughs> <laughs> You were waiting to use that one. Oh, was that premeditated? It had been a few minutes, and I was like, i got to think of a hung call. Got this he has that joke written down on a piece of paper. <laughs> on my hand. On his hand. <laughs> um, Cam, what was it like uh, not, not winning best made of D? You know... No, we, we don't know. <laughs> Take your time with this, man. don't actually know, Cam. Was this soul-searching? Oh, there wasn't so much soul searching. It was. Um, he was it fine. Was, oh, it was fine. Oh, <laughs> okay. sorry. It was like, I don't know the guys that won. Like, I hadn't met them before. So it was just like nice for us, or for me, to get recognized for uh, doing what I do. And, you know, I call people cunts and <laughs> swear at them. And I don't but believe that's true. in the nicest true. way possible. He does. He I does. do. Just yeah. does it with a big smile on his face. But you, said but like, yeah. you said at the beginning he's the nicest guy in hospitality. And I don't think anyone here can, would disagree You can call someone a cunt as not, like, with yeah. a big smile on your yeah, face. Yeah, it's that's true. Nice. But my question is, have you ever seen him just completely lose his shit on the floor and just go into like this uh, No, he'll, he'll, he'll walk away and... Uh. I think Cam, I, we'll I, put it this Cam wanted to name this podcast What the fuck is wrong with people <laughs> We don't have that much time yeah. <laughs> So no He's very But you can tell If you know him You know Like I can tell when He's flustered Or something's happening yeah, That's right. not yeah. going to plan Or whatever I've Definitely walk past that kitchen But the customers Stone cold The customers Can't Because he's good at his job He's so good Like I can imagine like things would be falling around all He's over him, about and you, he would bro. still have a <laughs> smiling face and yeah, exactly. still be like, "Oh, okay, cool, yeah. cool, good." Um, I've I've been in. Um, I wrote for a few of the guides this year, and um, I've been in a couple of rooms with different writers, and your name came up like repeatedly as like someone that deserves that that you know uh, like a, an award like that. So uh, oh, that's very you'll, touching. You'll get there one day, pal. One day. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best, but you know, there's not many people I think these days that have that like sense of genuine hospitality and that can really pull it off. Yeah, I reckon Pat wrote it up really well in Gourmet. Yeah. Like yeah, I think yeah. it was really on the money. Like it was just it's genuine, not that sort of gritted teeth, thanks for yeah. coming. It was actually like, Wow, thanks for coming guys. Like, for sure. well, that's yeah. it. Life's too short point. not to like just extend warmth and friendliness to people, really. It's like you don't have to agree with them. Or yeah, and I mean the level of incompetence you have at your job, you really yeah. need yeah. to be super nice <laughs> <laughs> to really outshine that cam. How <laughs> glad you checked that in there, yeah. Mike. It was getting a bit too much of your ego. Yeah, let's, yeah. All, <laughs> let's all put it in. It's just cam, so don't be that nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about uh, what about you, Mike? You had a restaurant that was open for I would say like, the entire time voting was allowed for oh. for these for these different awards, and then. Since, I mean, Pinbone closed just before all the awards actually were announced. I mean, do you think... I mean, I'm sure, surely you were in the running for... Did you get any, like... Are you in any of the guides? Uh, no, well, I don't know because... Well, not in Gourmet, I know that. I uh, don't know if we're in Sydney Morning Herald. It is, a, it is a funny one. Like, we discussed this and debated it because, you know, it's, it's unlike um, other... It's, it's, the guides have two real meat like purposes. One is they're critiquing you on what you've done for the past 12 months... But they're also advertising to, like, your city about places people should go for the next 12 months. So it's, it's kind of hand-in-hand. Like, for me, I feel like we earned a review and we'd like to see one because, like, our 
for instance, our Sydney Morning Herald review that got written up was done based on like I think our eighth night of service and we ran for nearly two years and we haven't got another one because we just closed. But I understand from their point of view, they're trying to tell people where to go for the next 12 months. So it's, it's catch-22. I'd love to see our review and just, you know, because, yeah, we all say we don't care, but we do and, and we are going to open something else that we would like to see if they got what we were doing towards the end and yeah so it is tough although it did mean going to the awards was really fun because we had nothing to lose <laughs> like we we were the people that don't give a shit because we just got an invite to gourmet which was really nice of them so we just got to get pissed and hang around with friends so that was perfect you you cooked for them last year right yeah we, we, we cooked with five other people at the gourmet awards so it was what, really nice what was that like cooking for like so many people that you respect in one room and, and, and restaurants from melbourne <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was really tough, actually. It was really challenging, and it was really fun. And it was um, probably one of the biggest nods we've had, to be honest, to be asked to cook for those people. Uh, I thought it was a really great idea by them to bring in the young brigade that they were trying to highlight. Um, and just to work with the people that... Some we knew and some we didn't. And But yeah, like cooking for people like you know Peter Gilmore and Neil Perry mm. and you know not so much Mark Best because it's bestie, but you know, other people that are really good. Um, love you bestie <laughs> uh, no it was really good it was a highlight and it was really amazing yeah. we'd, we'd love to do it all the time and know. not just the awards but I guess to Mitch and Danielle as well has there ever been someone in your restaurant that you've actually sort of shit yourself about cooking for or do you, is, is everyone just the same uh, everyone's the same but it kind of means it just means more when friends or a chef you look up to yeah. like when PG came it's like oh fuck you know like for him to take the time to come and eat here and come twice in three months, like Annalise said, he, that's very rare that he does that. So that's like a big almost pat on the back that he he gets what you're doing and he likes it and that kind of thing. So that's almost, you know, that means something to you. And the same as like when you come in or when Mikey comes in or when Lev's comes in. or when I get more nervous in. when cooking for friends, I think, like really? for people that I yeah. know, to be honest, like... Because I know when Mike comes in, he's going to tell me at the end of the dinner that it was rubbish and like just yeah, terrible. Yeah, that's just because he's an asshole. Yeah, well, but yeah. it still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it will be okay. No, uh, yeah. I, okay. I like cooking. If you have all the industry coming to your restaurant, you're doing something right. Yeah, on a personal level, that means more than any of the awards or the write-ups or blog posts or whatever, because they're the people that you respect. Mm. So they're the ones that if they keep coming. Like, if it's shit, they're not going to come. Yeah. Like, no matter how good friends you are with them, they don't want to waste their time eating shit food and drinking shit wine and having shit service. You know, the, the person that I got most nervous about cooking for was my grandma because she was coming in to eat, like, A, our scones and secondly, our sponge cake and both of them are her oh, recipes and she just pressure. ripped shit through us, A. She was like, they were terrible. Like, she just, <laughs> just annihilated us. She was ruthless. But it was awesome to hear it. And I don't think they've gotten any better, but we tried harder. But yeah, she's the only person that we've really got starstruck about cooking for. Because she's just an old legend. And like, you give a fuck about what she thinks. And what did she, what, what did she think of Pimbo? She liked everything else. She said our toast was too hard. <laughs> and she said, the, she said the sponge cake was no good either, which was pretty harsh. It's her sponge recipe. So she makes it like pretty much blindfolded. So I, I cop that criticism. I won't cop criticism from most people, but from her... I'd take that. 
Annalise has taken time from preparing pasta to put one sandwich on the table between <laughs> six. Just to start a feeding this frenzy. Is not hospitality. <laughs> that's, that's a cool, cool. We'll pretend to be gentlemen. Oh, Annalise <laughs> is just telling us that that's actually for Dan Hong. <laughs> it's like a mousetrap. <laughs> um, on the grandma note, I put um, I put one of my grandma's recipes for potato salad in my in my um, diner cookbook, and uh, she gave me the wrong recipe because she is in that old. Uh, frame of mind where you never give someone your actual recipe for something. Wow. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. She's like Brent oh. Savage. She's like, no. <laughs> and, I, and I made it. I don't, know, I don't know who that is. That was Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Brent Savage? From Bentley. Okay. Just kidding. Is he going to come on on, on, on a future yeah, we'll have to get him, we'll have to get him on. And Bestie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, she, I, I, she gave me like, told me all the quantities and I made it. And I was like, this is not your potato salad. She's like, oh, oh, well, that's because you're meant to use this. I'm like, why didn't you tell me that? <laughs> Grandma, oh, oh, no. the coldest. Salad. Okay, on, on menus, right, and, and on recipes. So I had a discussion with Darren Robertson of Three Blue Ducks. And while I was drifting in and out of falling asleep listening <laughs> to him, he raised an interesting kind of point, And I didn't really listen at the time, but I thought about it later. And he brought up whether or not, and he thought it would happen, chefs will start patterning their recipes. So if you can, and if it's possible, and to, to try to stop the theft of ideas and recipes and all that. And I personally think it's impossible to do, yeah, it's but I'm not opposed to the idea. So Daz wants to patent quail eggs and quinoa? Yeah, he's taking the pattern out on anything that uses those ingredients. <laughs> right. Right. No, but it's an interesting one. And like I said, I sort of dismissed it at first. And we had a brief discussion about it, but then... I mean, but, but I think that also is like a kind of a dangerous line. Like, where do, yeah. you, where do you draw the line between just like taking inspiration and, you know, blatantly copying? Okay, sure, we've seen it, but I'm sure a lot of people could accuse people of copying when, when there are slight variations, you know? What yeah. do you do? I think there's a law too. Like, if you work in a kitchen with a chef... You, it's unwritten law. You get to use the recipes that you've worked for. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. Take like them. if you've done hours and hours in a yeah. kitchen, but for like elements, not for entire dishes. No, like I know. No, then no, it, no, no, the no. big ones for me are people just taking dishes that they see either online, well, never worked in a kitchen. Well, you guys, I wasn't in Australia, Daniel. Wouldn't have been either when um, that place in Melbourne just did all the WD fifty dishes. No, the Alinea dishes. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, Alinea. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they what were like that, just they were like for like, weren't that they? Was, they weren't even trying to. Yeah, hide no, it, it was. Pre- I think he did a stage there, and I don't. I wasn't. I was in the. I was working at a pub in the time, so I didn't really have any idea about the industry as a whole. But I just remember Puskas telling me that. Puskas is from where? Six penny. And a stage is what? When you go and work in a restaurant overseas or in your own city or wherever for free in order to learn and work experience. gain experience. Yes. The more you know. The more you know. So. Pussy went over to Stage de Linear. And pussy is what? <laughs> <laughs> to Stage de Linear after he won the JP award. You can work that out yourself. Yeah, Use right. fucking Google Labs. <laughs> so, and they all put shit on him because he was Australian and they'd heard about this guy in Melbourne copying all their Robert dishes. Wickens, yeah. Yeah. That's it. yeah. He, he almost now, didn't get his spot because of it. Yeah. That was, they they almost didn't give Puskas a stage because they thought this other Aussie guy came and stole everything what's to stop this kid doing the same Mm. so you know like we see it all the time but like it sort of takes those like inspirations and seeing another chef create something to 
for everything to progress. But also, I think different kinds of food, like maybe some of that more fine dining stuff is you're a bit more protective of it because it's more of like an idea as opposed to like, you know, pork and apples, which is like a great combination that we would all use in some way or another at some point in our careers. Like, you know, but... I wouldn't say that yeah. that's stealing I don't think we're talking anything. about the broad ones, but it's the direct copies, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I think people just need to be held more accountable for it, mm. whether it's by the by journalists or, you know, mm. but often journalists don't have any idea that the dish is taken from somewhere else But Instagram well. does that now. Mm. Like, sorry, I'm eating that sandwich. <laughs> um. <laughs> I like that you're not, you're not actually apologizing to people listening because you've got food in your mouth. You're apologizing to us because you're eating the one sandwich. <laughs> I think Instagram too has this like kind of subliminal like drops ideas into your head that you kind yeah. of, sometimes you're doing something, you're coming up with a dish and you're like, fuck, but maybe I saw something like that at some what, point. And it like, what about from a front of house perspective? Are there things that people rip off? Like... Rich, you write wine lists for a living. That's yeah, cool. I remember um, when Manly Pavilion opened and he basically just word for word copied the list from Terroir in, Terroir's in um, New York. Yeah. And then like, everyone was like, oh, that's such a cool list. And then someone said, well, hang on, like, look at this list in New York. And everyone was like, oh, you're a sham. And he like, totally got called out on it. Mm. Yeah, right. Then what happened? Oh, he had to change the whole thing. And then I think he left the job as well. It was all a bit of a shit show. Yeah, I just think you should be held accountable. Mm. And I mean, like, we all, like like you said, like, I've had something pop in my head and go, fuck, that's a really good idea. Like, when we opened Acme and we had the tartare with the Whitloff and stuff on, I was originally going to put it with broccoli. And I was like, I'll just shave the broccoli and put it everywhere with the meat. And I was like, the day we were due to do soft opening, I was like, hold on a minute, have I seen that somewhere? And I went back through Instagram and stuff and Pussy had done something with beef and broccoli and I was like oh you fucking dickhead yeah no you can't do <laughs> and pussy was coming to the soft opening I was like oh fuck what am I going to do I've got to fucking change this is pussy pussy no who's pussy pussy is pussy oh, from pussy. cafe pussy, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so you know like it happens and but then at the same time like I've seen Mikey put a dish on Instagram and I've gone fuck I had that flavour combination in my head yeah. to work towards something you might have well, already had so. it yeah. But it doesn't mean I'm copying Mikey or right. anything like that. Have you guys had like recipes ripped on you before? I mean, I see inspirations in other people's menus from stuff like me and Mikey used to do at Duke to stuff we do here to you see little things that you can sort of link back on and, and you get I think it's a lot easier to be called out on it now than it was five years ago, like Daniel said with sure. social media. Like you used to be able to go overseas and you could go to like mm. Favicon or something, steal a dish and put it on the menu in, no, in Melbourne no. or Sydney, and everyone would be like, "Wow, that's a fucking awesome so dish!" And you'd get full credit. Now it's like, uh, "Hang on a sec." People accountable. Yeah, like it's, if yeah, you're, it's, if definitely you're it's documenting it. everything. Yeah. You can see it's from a date when it was first in uh, yeah. its inception. It's also yeah. creating like a global food though, because now everyone sees. Every, there's no more. You, yeah. Remember, like I used to travel, yeah, and you'd find these crazy. really cool pockets of. Like in Different like things. people like he was Paris or whether it was South America or wherever and they were doing their own original yeah. style of food. Yeah. Now you go everywhere and it's so influenced by social media. I remember That's I had true. at Relay like three or four years ago and they just after they died. Where and what is that? Uh, it's a, it's a, 
Why are you fucking yeah. here? So <laughs> I'm just I'm being I'm being the audience. Uh, it's a it's a restaurant oh, in Copenhagen. Everyone's parents listen to this, all right? Uh, okay. <laughs> it's a it's a really really cool innovative restaurant in Copenhagen. It was opened by a former senior sous chef from Noma. Um, really really talented chef. One of I think everyone it's table the kind of restaurant there. we all want yeah. to open anyway that, that time I went there the first time and, and they did the dishes where they just coated the whole dish in like an, a single item like asparagus or um, some sort of leaf and then like literally two months later the whole world's yeah. just covering the dish in this mm. blanket and I'm like fuck that's yeah. how quick things move these days you know Nuts. As the audience left, is this was that whole ten minutes really fucking boring? No, it was, no, it was interesting. I'm just making sure it's as like you know relevant as possible, man. I'm the I'm the everyman over here. <laughs> <laughs> we can't all win man. awards on Monday nights. <laughs> <laughs> How good was it when Phil Wood walked in the room? At timeout. <laughs> Show the restaurant of the year is here. <laughs> yeah. and Buskis and Mitch now started clearing away for him. Parting the seas. Restaurant of the year coming through. Restaurant of the year coming through. Restaurant of the year for Gorman. I know who Phil Wood is, but not everybody Phil Wood is the chef of Rockpool. He is. No, no, it's very, you know, you you can't just expect everyone, if only chefs listen to this podcast, I wouldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a brave move putting two front of house on this podcast. Your viewers, your listeners are going to get... No, no way. You get all that crazy front of house market. You guys are killing it out there. (laughs) We have a market? Do we? (laughs) Yeah, the, next, the next big the thing. Maybe our parents. Huh? People are yeah. like, oh my god! Imagine if like the urban list start putting out like fifty waiters you need to be served by in Sydney before you die. That's going to be the newest category of the award. You Buzz need feet. to be served by these guys. <laughs> Um, so, Danny, yeah, we've mentioned it in passing a few times, but you are uh, on the verge of opening up your own restaurant. Yeah, if you can call on the verge, you know, we, we, well, we you know all, you all know it's been a while. <laughs> um, but I think we are literally starting to be actually on the verge of it, which is exciting. Uh, new venue with Maryvale in Paddington that I'm really excited about. I'm new here, so only been in Australia a year. By and of course, of you're from London originally. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Um, and then a little bit of time in San Francisco, which was uh, where I was right before here, which um, I would say probably influenced most of me and what the food that I do and uh, what you'll see over there. What so, sort of menu are we going to be seeing? Um, it's going to be kind of centered around a wood-burning hearth and wood-burning oven, so foods off of there. Simple, I mean, that's what I do, and changing pretty often so we've seen paul take over at mama fuku yep. and he's come in with a sort of caribbean style feel in his fine dining and you and have are you cuban, gonna ask me about you have cuban, cuban roots food? yeah, yeah <laughs> i have cuban roots but are you gonna throw it in there or not no, we've got I, nothing I good in the cuban world no i mean look there's good things but i i have always said that i think cuban food is something that i leave to my mom and i definitely don't even want to touch it then can we get your mom out here to cook good cuban yeah, food because I mean, sydney's really <laughs> got nothing good I think she she's way more talented than I am. I am. I think you should just they should hire her for to be chef. But uh, no, so probably not too many Cuban influences. But I'm hoping to explore a bit more of like what makes Australian food what it is and what's special here that you don't find other places. How have you found the produce compared to where you've come from, which has had you know some of the sickest produce you can? Yeah, I mean when you find. come from. Lev's be the audience and ask where she was before Australia and what she was yeah, doing. I told her London. Yeah. She was front of house. 
<laughs> it just keeps getting better. No. <laughs> I'm so no, experienced. No, please, please tell us where you, where you were before. before I was you in San here. Francisco. So, uh, where were you cooking? Uh, I was at Chez Panisse, which is a little restaurant in Berkeley, but it's quite a history. It's been around for, I think, 43 years now. So, you know, legend, legendary place. Um, Arguably one of the most influential chefs for the last 30 years, especially coming out of America. Like, don't undersell it. There was an amazing yeah. restaurant. Yeah, and no, I mean... Amazing legacy, cookbooks, I, restaurant, everything. I definitely wouldn't undersell it. I think um, Alice Waters, who was the uh, lady who opened Chez Panisse that time ago, um, kind of changed the game a lot and there, still continues to. I don't think there's a person in this room, maybe Lev's because he doesn't read, would not have an Alice Waters book, a cookbook, <laughs> yeah? She's just got to yeah. be one of the best cookbook authors it's in the found, world. It's like the foundation, I think, for like a lot of other cooking. If you can, if you can cook that food well, then you can kind of do a lot of other things. Like it's a so, good base. So how did, how did you coming here, like how did that all happen? It kind of, it was a bit serendipitous and I think I've, I feel like I've told this story a lot, but I haven't heard it. Um, I, I came here just on a holiday to visit friends and really loved it and went back to the States and um, a friend of mine named David Pryor, who probably some of you guys know, he's a food writer, uh, used to work at Chez Panisse and, you know, we talked about Australia. I said how much I loved it and I, how I thought the food scene was really exciting here. And he emailed me back and said... Um, oh my God, do you think you'd want to move there? Because uh, Frank Roberts, who's the food and beverage director at Maryvale, had asked him if anyone sort of from the Chez Panisse world would consider coming out to open a restaurant. So they were, you know, Maryvale was looking to do something of that style. And then it's just kind of perfect timing. That would happened. be pretty pretty amazing if you gave them a Cuban restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. This is actually what I do. Just troll the shit out of me. <laughs> I would love to do a Mexican restaurant. That would be... Yeah, but uh, you we, can't we, because Dan Hong already has done that. Yeah. So. We, we, have, we have 400 of those here, but not really... We don't actually have one yet. Yeah. That's good. I mean, I, I don't want to sound... I don't want to sound rude or anything, but I want, you know, I want to do, and I talked to Mike about You're this You're in once, the wrong like, podcast if you don't want to be rude. Know, <laughs> Just say it. Everyone doing Mexican Mike, is retarded. I'll, I'll you do that. And we need good Mexican food. That was no, one of the words no, that we no, said I'm you couldn't that. say, yeah, Mike. You can't say. <laughs> we have to bleep that one out. <laughs> well, no, that's not, was it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't run through the other words I said you couldn't say. <laughs> it's a really good list, and it's why I'm so quiet today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyways, I just I would love to be like making the tortillas and all that stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe if next. they don't fire me after this one, we'll see Justin, what happens. Make it happen. Um, <laughs> ballpark. <laughs> do you know uh, when when you're going to be open? Like roughly, or I, I mean, you've already committed to that date in the past before, and that, that yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of been pushed back a bit, but um, yeah, I'd say you know summertime. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Sounds like it'll be an awesome lunch spot. Yeah. We're not. I well. If she opens, like she's opening. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna confirm or deny any of these questions about. Don't be lazy. Do lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And seven days. Be be lazy. Don't do lunch. Don't do it. Yeah, no. We'll (laughs) we'll see. Some of these things are yeah still up in the air, but. And um, since being in Australia, has there, especially Sydney, has there been um, something that you've you know somewhere you've eaten where it's really changed your mind of what your opinion overall food in this city is like? No, I mean, I definitely thought there was a super high level of cooking here from the first time that I came here. If anything, I, I go to like all these guys' places. And- 
hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It just, it's inspiring. I mean, not trying to rip anything off, but... Um, you know, everyone is, uh, everyone does such amazing food. It really makes you feel like shit, you know, (laughs) pressure's on. It makes you feel like shit or it makes you feel like shit. No. Yeah. The other one, the the second one you said. (laughs) The everyman. I needed, I needed a clarification. (laughs) So that's from the outside looking in. I know That's you kind me. of you do a little bit of reviewing. Those are my middle names. You do you do a little bit of reviewing, but do you watch the awards like as a non-chef? Because we watch them, we watch them close, and we see who's getting what, and we we make our own personal opinions. But do you give a shit? Like, do you go, oh, look who got? I know your friends won, so you care about that. But do you go, oh, look who got? You know, this blah blah blah. Does it mean nothing to you? Like when they say best wine list, does that ring any bells for you at all? I mean, I guess it kind of you know you add it to this list that doesn't really exist of places that you want to check out at some point you know um uh i don't know i mean yeah i mean i do care um and it is that thing where it's like when you watch the oscars you really you you care if uh if the movie the one movie you've seen that year wins the oscar for best picture but but if 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 it doesn't you kind of go like oh you know oh if those movies are are on the plane soon i might watch those (laughs) (laughs) but you know I, I, I i do care i mean i for me and and me as a food writer, I you know I like really really street level food, where I, I and and I don't think I have anything like I mean I can be a smart ass and I can be you know talk about my talk about myself when I write about somewhere small and 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 write about somewhere that not many people have written about before. But as far as me as a writer writing about a fine dining spot or like you know a really well to do restaurant, I don't think I can offer much in that way yet at this point. I don't know. No one, no one really reads a review of Ben along to hear me being a dickhead. Yeah, right. But maybe that, that's a market that needs to be opened. Well, maybe it would open it up, make Voice it of the bigger people. interest. Because if the general public doesn't care about the lists, you know, to a degree, like then... Yeah, but I think, I think they do. I yeah. mean, they if do, when they. you make the good food guide or whatever, you see a spike in business and, you know, all that kind of helps, so... I think everyone has that list that doesn't exist. You know what I mean? That yeah. kind of like, you've oh, you've there. got to go there one time, blah, blah, blah. Like, Can I go back to this thing about the, the reviews, though? Do you guys think it's fair or not fair to be reviewed so quickly? Because I've heard arguments for both cases. I, I think it's not fair. I think it's gotten a lot worse in the last five years, you know... I we're talking about being reviewed in the first week of opening... Of opening yeah. a restaurant. The right. year we were open, we opened, Momofuku, we were reviewed on the first night, second night, and fourth night. Oh. Yeah. And when 
we we opened Acme. We we got a little bit of. I think we had maybe five days before a review. No, one review was in on the first, on the night, first night, and then they sort of trickled in after that. But I remember being at other restaurants as a younger chef coming up, and you would be open for a month or two. Mm. But now with social media and all of that, the print publications feel they need to get in first before a blogger writes everything and stuff like that, you know. Right. But it's not a fair representation of the restaurant because well, the argument is that. If you're open and selling a product to a customer, you should be ready. it you should, should be, ready. be at a right. level that is worth that much money. But, but, my, also, but what my, my issue is that like that's fine and and do that and give the public um, like a an idea of where the restaurant's at. But then but you've got to go back months. six months later yeah. or a year later yeah. and do a second yeah. review, like they do in New York. I or think people else. would be so interested in that. I feel like I feel like that would actually you'd get so well, many but readers. That's the argument that I've heard is that because you review it then that brings in customers you know like my my thing on that though is if you're going to judge us that we're open and we're selling product and we're ready to be judged surely if you're selling a review and selling a newspaper and a magazine you have a duty to report accurately based on you know based on the the thing that you're reviewing and i don't know any restaurant that is the same from their first night to a month later like it takes a month to just to get rid of all the little you little know, niggles. little yeah. niggles and all that, and I'm happy to be judged on the opening night. More than happy, that's fine. I'm charging people. Bring it on. Like we're as ready as we thought we were, but it's obviously never going to be perfect, and you're going to have to improve. But if you are going to stand there and sell a newspaper and sell a magazine and take the money from people and like tout yourself as a critic, then critique us like accurately. Come back and do it again because it's going to be beneficial for the whole industry. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 a fairer system. But, I mean, I know they have 50 reviews a year that can print in the paper and Gourmet's only got 12. Like, Gourmet gets it right because Pat comes in early, then Pat comes back, and then you get reviewed. If you get reviewed. You know what I mean? Like If if you're lucky enough to to make make the the paper, if the magazine... Which is 12 a year, which is nothing. Which is nothing, you know, especially when you have, like, specific, like, themed ones. Like, they have the the Italian and the French, French. and I think they're doing a Chinese one now as well next year. So they're going to lose you know you have to be one of those genres to get a review yeah. so to make it nationally into gourmet travelers is a massive deal but their reviews are the most accurate because pat comes in early sees the progression of the restaurant and he writes about it yeah. and they send their whole team in and yeah. they yeah. talk about it and you, you get a really fair review so if he calls you out and says you're a fuckwit well yeah. you're a fuckwit you know what i mean but if he says these guys are, are doing this then you it's pretty it's pretty accurate you know yeah. what i mean that's what i reckon yeah, yeah fair enough yeah. and that's that goes to researching things properly as well like we're just talking about Danielle getting a name in the Australian as Dan Alvarez yeah a male a male, from New York. A a male, male pastry, pastry chef, chef. like that's insulting <laughs> that's insulting like <laughs> I don't really care I mean in I the in the review for Time Out there's things about Acme dishes that are wrong in the restaurant of the year review you know parmesan in the macaroni and stuff like this there's like if this is usually Pat will email you or one of the gourmet staff will email you they'll call you usually SMH someone will email you or call you be it Terry or someone else and they will fact check stuff and ask you three times which is fine because you want that information that makes that publication to be correct but even with all of that oftentimes you read the review and go I reckon that's more of a problem with food bloggers now like these guys have a lot mm. more power than they did five years ago and can actually genuinely influence a restaurant's like busyness these days and yet they have no fact checking no accountability yeah, and like the yeah. shit you see on food blogs yeah, about but I dishes, don't know if they really have that much influence I think they have influence amongst the blogger exactly, circle yeah. but I don't think with the general public I, they don't have that much influence they do in America 
they're ahead of us. The 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 power for the bloggers in America. Yeah, like guys huge. like Shark Eats and amazing. You know? like but there's a, there's a level of audiences. There's a level of you know that's not just someone taking shitty photos yeah. of the glass of water or the toilets. Yeah, but right. Well, it, they're respected know? for a reason. Yeah, like, they've been, they've earned that. They've built that reputation over time by eating everywhere and having an informed opinion. And stuff like but that. Then, you know? But then you get back to those companies like the TripAdvisors and the Eatabilities. They're unaccountable reviews that really can fuck you up. Yeah. You know, like even stupid shit. Like, I remember we got a review where we got a glowing, glowing, like glowing review. But the guy clicked the wrong fucking button and gave us one out of five instead of five out of five. <laughs> and it dropped our overall score. And then he's like, saying, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. I'm coming back. I love imagine, it. One out of five. Imagine, like, if, what the imagine fuck? if Terry Jurak did that yeah. like <laughs> once, every couple of weeks. Oh, shit. So every every time I three. get the review, I say Terry did that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, 13? Let's <laughs> on, on, on one of ours once. Uh, the ramen's terrible, one star. And we're like, we've never ever served ramen. <laughs> oh, and it's like, it's like L- LPs was like, uh, they only have one ply toilet paper. Jeez. Oh, we got like we got we got taken down on a blog because we had cake soap in the bathroom on our launch night, <laughs> and he didn't even make it in time to eat any of the food at the launch night. He just took photos of like the venue and then put a review up, and he's like he put us up on Urban Spoon, and it's then we had the majority of people like complaining on our Urban Spoon and on you know those pages was that uh, the lighting in our restaurant made it really difficult to take photos. <laughs> The funny yeah. thing is, like, people only write, or generally, like, will write a review if they're so riled up by what you've done wrong yeah. to them, you know? It's like, people they, are way more likely to write if they hate something than yeah, if they yeah, like something. Yeah, than if they like something. And so it's like those forums, like oh, TripAdvisor they, yeah. and Urban Spoon, it's like, it's not a representation of what you do. Yeah. Because it's just people getting on there. I actually think it only starts to get a bit more fair when you get, like, really in the highly reviewed numbers. Like, Generally, I think those things do kind of average out. Like, like but y- yeah, when Yelp it's early and, days, Yelp in America for sure. Yeah, well, Yelp is huge there, which I kind of feel like, thank God, it's not here. But it's terrifying. It's, t- it's probably coming. Um, it's when it's you get, yeah. yeah, when you get into like the thousands of reviews, like yeah, you generally do get a good picture of like yeah. where you are. But I, I mean, think. people will email us and say, "Oh, we had a really great time last night. Thank you very much." La la la. But they're not the kind of people that are going to go on TripAdvisor or Yelp or fucking Eatability right, or whatever and, and yeah. put that. Whereas the guy that will email you uh, an email of abuse and complaints <laughs> about whatever slights he felt they had, you know, against them, where spaghetti wasn't spaghetti or whatever, that they're more likely to go and put that on Eatability. So the show I've, I've is what's someone, wrong with people, yeah. <laughs> isn't it? I've had someone actually Eventually. write a negative Eventually. review in front of me. They're like, we're writing, look, we're actually writing it now. As your hair. That's like, fucked up. They should like, take a were picture they of your face. With it or were they? No, they, they said no, they were so pissed off. They 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 were completely like idiotic. They 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 said that this guy had opened a bottle of champagne that they'd ordered, poured it out, and put another bottle of something else in there. <laughs> and I'm like, I can assure you, he wouldn't have done that. They're like, are you saying we're lying? And I said, siphoning out for yellow. I'm not sure if you're lying, but I can't. I'm assuring you that this guy would not have done that. There is absolutely no reason for him to do that. It's moronic. <laughs> like, no, he did it. That would writing be a review so right much now. Work. And I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> what do you do? So, sometimes you just can't win. No matter what you do, sometimes you just can't win. It yeah. is actually a pretty awesome feeling, though, when you're like, I can't win this. I'm going to be the worst person <laughs> yeah. I can be at this point onwards. <laughs> yeah, we can't all do that, Liv. Cam, I, I Cam can, and Rich would and, never do that. Me and Mike <laughs> can do that in the kitchen and yell all the abuse we want to be yelling at 
Cam or Richard, but Richard and Cam can't go and convey that abuse. That's yeah. why they keep us locked up in the back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the, our, our last night, it was like our last night of, being, of business at the dip, and um, someone decided to complain about the long wait time. And I was like, it's our last night. You, you had to line up for half an hour just to order. Like, why would you think your food would be less than 20 minutes? Which is what he's complaining about. And then he kept, like, getting, like, kept yelling at um, my wait staff and a wait staff came back crying and I just went out there and I just I don't think I've ever sworn so many times in did it 30 feel seconds. good or <clears throat> it felt amazing because his brother was like I'm so sorry about my brother <laughs> like blah 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 you guys are in the right he's in the wrong blah blah blah, blah. I'm like oh, I just called him a cunt 40 times I'm probably not really in the right <laughs> <laughs> did you cook for him or did you tell him to fuck off um, I like uh, I was like your, your food is like genuinely five minutes away. Do you want it or do you want me to just throw it out? And then and he was like, oh, No, I want my food. I paid for my food. I want. Blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, send it out. <laughs> I've also thrown money at a customer who complained, <laughs> like thrown their money back. <laughs> Did you open the till up? Like, well, take this. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> five cent coins. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I mean that, that that last week when you know you're going to, and he was like. I was like, look, I'm not going to have a restaurant tomorrow. It doesn't matter what you say. He's like, I'm going to complain. I'm like, I'm not going to have one. He's like, well, you're going to do something in the future. I can complain about that. Like, yeah, yeah. But that, that moment when you realize you can't win something is... Yeah. The it must be, I love those stories from Marco from the like, late yeah. 80s when, when people gave him shit and he'd just off. click his fingers and the wait staff would just come and just take the entire table set away. Well, I'll take this one. There. Rich is talking about Marco Pierre White. <laughs> You didn't need to ask that one. Good. That's like every chef front of house person's dream. Yeah, you do well. You can't. I mean, that's the reason we have front of house managers. (laughs) They just block you. As my sisters had to hold me back a few times as you're storming out to clear people's table, throw them out the second story window. They're just unbelievably rude. But it's but it is. I think such a skill to be able to handle that. Like handle that in a way that's like you know, dignified, hospitable, all that stuff, and then no. maybe turn it around and, like, have yeah, someone leave happy. Bring back Marco yeah. days. You know, I think it'd be great. <laughs> and, I mean, that's not to say everybody is a bad customer. No, no, no. It's, no. it's a no. tiny, tiny, tiny minority. And just like that was, yeah, exactly like that was me yelling at a customer once yeah. in three years. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's When like, you guys would do a 1,000 people a week, you know, yeah. so, you, you, yeah. you know, your, your ratios, you know, right down. And it is, it's, it's when they offend your staff. It's not they, you, you don't get, you get ri- shit when exactly. they say stuff about your food. Yeah. It's when they yeah, rip on your true. front of house staff or make yeah. them cry or be really horrible, you know. I mean, Rich definitely would have, you know, poured the champagne down the sink and put something else in there cuz <laughs> that's what he does. But, <laughs> no, know, but he shouldn't have got call on it. <laughs> what funnel setup do you use for that? Annalise, <laughs> you really cannot drink the wine on the table. <laughs> drinking wine goes with making Yes, but that bottle is not Danielle's open and it is not brought. Classic. Yeah. I have to. <sighs> no, Classic hot new talent. Classic hot new talent. <laughs> Drinking at midday. <laughs> so this is That's all a pretty serious, like restaurant. Yeah. Okay. So what's everyone's favorite chef? service drink then? That's another one. I love drinking while I'm working. <laughs> okay, cool. so we can uh, shots are best because they don't stick around. Yeah. Yeah. Like me and Rich, have a, we used to share a can of beer during service. Yeah. Half, halfway through. Yeah. Like halfway through. Yeah. You got to. I will open up. Annalise, we don't have seven microphones. Oh, but sorry, can, Lev. That's all right. Just a little cup of sake on the pass, and it looks like water. That's the go. <laughs> oh, good vibe. We'll open a hot tip. We'll open a bottle. Of, we'll open a bottle of wine every now and then and share it's it. Bullshit! Out. You just drink tea. Oh uh, well, yeah, tea is my <laughs> service drink of choice. Yes, but every now Fern- and then we'll Fern- open a, a good one. If I'm Fern- feeling a bit crazy, I have a hot Milo. Yeah. <laughs> 
No dairy, Lebs. No dairy. Rice milk. Yeah. <laughs> rice milk Milo. Rice milk Milo. El Kalua. That's Mitchie's drink. <laughs> Ladies, bring it in. I used to drink Malibu and Coke, Mikey. I'll have you know. <laughs> Yes, Annalise, I would like a sandwich. I'd love a sandwich, thanks, Annalise. Oh, sorry. Can you cut the cake as well, please? (laughs) (laughs) And make me a cup of tea, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Man, staff these days. I know they're the worst, right? (laughs) This is Restaurant of the Year. Annalise is drinking at 1 a.m., 1 1 (laughs) p.m. And we're using and a we're dining po- dining table to record a podcast <laughs> about how much fine, we hate though. customers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I think it's fine to drink while you're working. It, it makes it civilized. It's nice. Okay. That's an, another another weird review from my, my least favorite blog of all time. Um, he wrote, "Why do people even like this restaurant? Is it because the owner is drunk all the time?" <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I Another time, I was. <laughs> I remember cooking with Limbo back at Duke, and yeah. I think you were off that night. And Limbo drinks like a fucking fish. fish; like he just drinks like a nightmare. It's terrible. And I had to keep up with him. And I was on pans. And by the end of the night, I was fucking spinning. I had no idea what I was cooking. Burnt myself constantly. And then Limbo just went out with Jolly and did. Did, that did, sentence? did another 10-hour shift at a restaurant. Yeah, yeah they cleaned the room. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, um, we've got 10 more minutes, I reckon. Let's, let's your, try to make this a clean hour. You what's want... your next big feature article going to be? Um, I've been given the, the... controversial the, sandwich one. The controversy. It wasn't fucking controversial. It is if you're a, if you're a Herald reader, apparently. Yeah. Or if you live in Potts Point and eat a pressed fucking egg sandwich. <laughs> Move on, guys. It's egg on fucking bread. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been given the, the tough task of uh, actually I suggested it um, it's an article where I mean, we all have a vegetarian friend right yeah. or a and sister that, or, or a sister <laughs> a strict vegan sister even um, but you always take that friend to a, a regular restaurant and there's like one to two vegetarian options and they just have that and so I wanted to do a, res- a, a, a story about the flip of that where your vegetarian takes their carnivorous friend to a vegetarian restaurant but the vegetarian restaurant is it actually good will it Will it, uh, you know, make up for but the lack of meat? They won't have any. Ve- they won't have anything to cook, though. Like they're, they're yeah, you can't. You can't go to a vegetarian restaurant and expect them to feed you not vegetarian. They're food, not just though. hanging out with a steak. No, no, out that's the what back, I mean. No, I mean, like you know, are there are there vegetarian meals that that you know you can you can eat without going like God damn it, I wish I had meat. For sure. Um, definitely, you're yeah. t- if you're talking about substituting vegetarian food, there's heaps. But if you're talking about going to a vegetarian restaurant and them catering for a meat eater. It's never I don't have any meat. No, no. no. I mean, that's. A, I mean, I just mean like you know, are there vegetarian restaurants that a that a meat eater can go to that exactly that aren't shit? That, that where they'll but be more well satisfied. Mitch's menu would have heaps of things that they could absolutely. Have. I know, but it's based but, around pastas and all that. It's going to have beautiful. You're asking food. if yeah. a meat eater would feel like slighted or feel like exactly. uh, unsatisfied. If they went to a vegetarian, because we don't know what vegetarians think. I mean, you could take them to even even if half. The <laughs> we really fucking don't. <laughs> if, if, if half the menu is vegetarian, they're still in the you know less than half. You know, they're, they're, they're j- more more often than not As they're going to be in the minority. I mean, I, I, we always took a lot of pride in really really satisfying like vegan tables that came in at Pinbone. It was a real goal of ours. Like Cam can you nailed that? Yeah, Cam can attest. It's a, it's a lot of work, but at the end of the day, like. If they give you notice, though, yeah, and you've yeah, got time we, to we prepare were always things. we always had stuff. We were prepared because I think in a perfect world, yeah, Mitch, we'd all love to have time and notice and all that for dietaries. Oh. But realistically, in Sydney, and it is a Sydney thing, yeah. 
Like yeah. you have to be prepared at any moment if you want to well, cater to those things. California like, was like that too. Well, we did our talk at Omnivore in Paris, trying to explain to the people of Paris about gluten. That people don't eat fucking bread and don't eat dairy, yeah. Yeah. and they just were throwing things at us yeah. on stage. Like they just thought it was bullshit. You know? I mean, we went, Annalise and I and Trisha went to Michel Bras a couple of years ago, and Annalise and I got the regular menu, and Trisha got the veggie menu, mm-hmm. and we were both so fucking jealous like mm. the veggie food there is unbelievable it's that's it when you food. get it that's right like, it's yeah. fucking sick when you go to Bentley and you take a vegetarian yep. to Bentley like Brent's vegetarian and, uh, food is fucking phenomenal Hunter's the same yeah down at Bray down at Bray when he was at Royal Mail. You know, there are people that can do it really well but I just get thrown when you've got say you've got a group booking as I've got a mouthful of mortadella <laughs> <laughs> you've got a group booking of 16 people that are on a set menu you ask them, are there any dietaries? La, la, la. No, it's all fine. And then on the night, there's three vegetarians and three people can't eat dairy and this one can't eat that. Three vegetarians as of yesterday. As of yesterday. <laughs> you, you know, you, you spend all this time to give people the best experience they can have and then they, no, nah, it's all good. And then right at that last minute when you're in the shit it's a busy Friday night or whatever they expect you to throw everything out and yeah. just come up with something I mean it's yeah. a new it's a new thing with all these new dietaries dislikes and, and I'm not saying that they're made up or any of that sort of stuff like that's it's a personal thing and I, I totally I, we totally in, invite it to the restaurant but I think as far as Sydney goes we just have to we have to ride it out it's that whole education thing it's like when you guys opened the Duke and no one was doing share plate food unless it was like a Chinese restaurant tapas, 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 you know, and they, tapas. they couldn't get their head around that it wasn't tapas you know how to do it and now it's really quite a regular occurrence and it's not that difficult and it's not that hard and everyone's seen that it's not scary and they can do it and the, the thing is they'll start to learn that the more notice they give chefs and the more time they give us the better the food will be you know and I think people with like long standing dietaries or lifestyle choices yeah. have learned that because you know vegans are the first people to tell you they're vegan and they'll say it all night and they'll just keep saying it and saying it and saying it. Like when you say hello, they'll say I'm a vegan and say goodbye. And they'll be like, I'm a vegan. Bye. It's like, okay, we know, we get it. But it'll come. Like people with gluten allergies and all that, they'll become aware that the more notice they give and we just have to write it out. It's shit. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're in hospitality. and See, I kind of think that I feel up. like the opposite though, that you just, I, I think that you have to start being more prepared just to always have things on hand for those people yeah that's what i mean you just gotta accept it it's gonna happen you know what i mean if you're in sydney and you have a restaurant you're gonna get 15 percent dietaries a night we used to have to get um gluten-free hot dog buns and gluten-free burger buns and we actually took a loss whenever we sold them Mm. we didn't charge extra we just just to have it yeah yeah that this thing too like at the end of the day it's still a business and you know you still gotta pay your staff and la 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 the gluten ones must be Fucking hard for you. Yeah, I mean, we have... I mean, Annalise has been working on gluten-free pasta and stuff, and it's something that we want to be able to provide, but we don't want to make it a product that's shitter than our normal pasta. You know what I mean? So we have buckwheat on hand all the time in case we have gluten-free people, and Mm -hmm. we have options. And we have options for dietaries, and we always, like... We always do our best to cater for it, no matter how much I might bitch and yeah. complain about it. We will always I think do our utmost. In like the fine dining, in the very commas world, like the gluten thing's not so much an issue now. There's a lot, a yeah. lot less in cooking, isn't there? I think like even when yeah. I was helping Mike at Pinburn, there's very little um, food now with gluten in it. But for a yeah. pasta, but when you come to a pasta restaurant, yeah. and you go, ah, oh, 
It's all, you know. I think this comes back to your point, Lebs. This is the biggest challenge for us is to have a menu item that doesn't sit there not being sold. So, for instance, Mitch wants to put a gluten-free pasta on. Mm. So he wants it on. He wants to make money. He can't afford to stand there, waste his time, waste money, and then not get any gluten-free people that mm-hmm. particular week. So it, it has to be on par with the rest of the menu. And exactly. that's the real challenge. It's exactly what you were saying about the vegetarian options. You have to have them on your menu. So if people come in who aren't vegetarian and select them, they're going to be just as happy as if they chose the roast chicken or whatever. Um, and for Mitch, it's the pasta. The, he has to have the same level of pasta as he would if he was using flowers and all that. Well, so maybe instead of trying to um, pick entirely vegetarian restaurants that are good, because like, there are a few, like especially out west, there are a few really great Indian restaurants that don't sell any meat whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They're all fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, they're starting... I mean, unfortunately... Vegetarian and vegan restaurants also are paired with like you know the newest in health trends, and so few of which are so few of which are actually tasty. Um, so I mean it's hard to recommend. I know that like, I'm going to go try it out. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to like you know I'm not going to just going to write something off without trying it first. But there's like a vegan sushi place now. Um, it's been around for ages. The one in Cleveland. Uh, yeah, I think there's another one too that just opened. I don't remember the name of it, but yeah. Okay. I mean, but, uh, closed the one in Cleveland, didn't it? I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I want, I want, I want to see and if, if it is actually good, and I'll take someone like you to come through and eat it. And if you know, that's the kind of idea. Is like you know, who knows? Instead of having to force your your vegetarian friend to eat the two options on a on a mostly meat menu, are uh, there places where they can order anything on the menu? Yeah. But then again, I think it's, it's also important to include the restaurants. I mean, my favorite dish at Acme is completely vegan. I think. The um, the uh, pasta with it's a, the one that tastes like migraine. No, it's got eggs in it. It's got eggs in it. Damn. But I can do that with a vegan pasta. Beautiful. But that one, yeah. That one. What's what's the dish called? The burnt chili one. with burnt chili and black garlic. My favorite. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Um, but you know, it's, it's vegetarian at the very least. But uh, uh, you know, and I think there are a lot of restaurants that do a really great vegetarian uh, vegetarian menu or vegetarian options, and I'll definitely include them too. Are there any anything that come to mind, your mind straight away? As uh, maybe you said Bentley earlier. I think I mean, in the fine dining world, all the veggie dishes are always sick. Yeah. Because the guys work really bloody hard and they won't put it on the menu. And they've got the budget too, so if they didn't want to do vegetables, they could put squab on or fucking other things that are really expensive. So when they come up with a veggie dish, they're pretty chuffed with it, you know what I mean? And they're, but even down a grade, like look at like um, one of the most popular and written about restaurants in Sydney at the moment is Esther. And everyone raves about their cauliflower dish because it's fucking good, mm. you know. And that's vegan because it's almond puree. Have you, um, you know, has, has anyone read that Jeremy Fox article in Lucky Peach, the previous one? Yet. Amazing article. You should read that. But he's a phenomenal. But he 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 made, when he was working at Manresa, which is mm-hmm. near where Danielle used to um, work. When he was starting out, he he was put on the vego dishes. And, like, he actually took that as a challenge, and that was his way of, of shining. So he actually put so much effort into it. And then yeah. as a result, when he left Manresa, his, his vegetable skills were second to none, probably. Ubuntu, and then he went yeah. the and Rustic Canyon. Canyon. And it was the same at Momofuku. Like, Ben never really cooked the veggie dishes. He'd oversee them, but it was always the sous chef, and it was their chance to actually show some creativity when they wouldn't normally get to. And so if you go to a, a, a sort of a situation like that, you can actually get some genuinely exciting... Yeah. Vegetable dishes. Yeah. Mm. Man, vegetables are tasty as hell. Vegetables are great. It's just the different, you know. Like, I like a lot of my veg. Like, I like cooking vegetable dishes because often that's what the kind of thing I want to eat. Like, good textures, fresh flavors, you know. But I will say for me though, like, I think 
maybe I didn't an- answer this before, but comparing the produce from California to here is mm. over there, there's so many like heirloom varieties of things that are like readily mm. available. And I find that hugely inspiring. And coming here, I'm probably more inspired by a lot of the proteins, like the mm. different seafood and, you know, amazing meats that you have. Um, and the, and really the chickpeas. Uh, yeah, the chickpeas. <laughs> so anyways, you know, I think before I used to be a bit more inspired by that. And I'm trying to push farmers and stuff to grow more stuff does, like that Does now, heirloom in California mean heirloom? Or is it like Sydney where it just means it should have been red, but now it's purple? No, no, no. <laughs> it's definitely, yeah, definitely heirloom. At least in my book. I mean, you know, from the farmers that we deal with, for sure, I would say that they were being honest about it. All right, well, let's say I'm, I write the most perfect vegetarian article. Um, let's all go around the table and you guys pretend to be a Sydney Morning Herald re- reader. And, uh, <laughs> this is the, the comment section. And please please write me a comment on the most perfect vegetarian <laughs> article ever. Starting with you, Rich. Uh, it would be something along the lines of, I spent 75 bucks on my dinner and I didn't get a piece of beef. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey? Uh, mine would be, how the hell can you talk about the pumpkin at this restaurant when the pumpkin at my house is heaps better? How could you have not put my pumpkin in? <laughs> Danielle, you got to come in? I, I would be generous. I think I would say, how exciting to see something about vegetarian food. Yeah, the, 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 nice. the one person <laughs> out of 60. <laughs> Mitch? To paraphrase uh, Kirby Craig, you're a fucking cunt. <laughs> Cam? Probably say, nice try, mate. Get a steak. <laughs> yes. Have a burger. Have a Shut burger. And I'd say some other some things, but they're on, on the not to say list. <laughs> <laughs> like, you eat vegetables, you must be... And then I probably wouldn't say anything else. <laughs> <on the> podcast. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Fill in the blank. Why are we at the Mitchin this week? What happened? Uh, I moved house. Ah. What's, the, Mitchin, new, what's uh, the new Mitchin like? It's not really set up yet. Uh. It's a bit of a mess. And also, He was like, yeah, Levin, we'll totally start a podcast called The Mitchin, named after my kitchen. By the way, um, after moving. we recorded one episode, I'm moving a house. Do you have a kitchen? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, I only said I'd do this because I thought it was going to get some And also because Time Out Awards were on Monday night, so we had to do it today. Ah, okay, yeah, of course. Plus, we wanted to get you and your availability. Yeah, you could do money, you know. <laughs> you know this fucking was the hard one to get between lobster suits. Where and you that's could why we're having ricotta in. cake. That was part yeah. of Rich's rider. <laughs> needed to have it. You're still drinking wine. It's still all the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks so much for listening to another episode of The Mitchin. You can find us at facebook.com slash The Mitchin Podcast. Or is it just Mitchin Podcast? Either way. You fucking came up with it. Just write <laughs> no one, one of them. One of them. We'll just find <laughs> us on Facebook. Uh, send us an email if you feel so obliged to. Um, the Mitchin Podcast at gmail.com. Mitch, is that, is that real? Yeah, I made an email. Oh, shit. What do you know? <laughs> Have you guys got anyone lined up for next week? Anyone that you can reveal? Now we generally organise this about five minutes yes. before we record it. So uh, I think Dan Hong's out of town. Yeah, <laughs> I think he might be. Who, is there anyone that should be on this podcast? Yeah, everyone, everyone. Yeah, and I'm just thinking we, we got eventually. a we got a we got a big list to because tick, if, to tick if through. you get. Mark Best on that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm sure. Best yeah, if anyone saw his episode of Forage, we it's need him here because yeah. he was really brutally honest and it was hilarious. He was great. <laughs> I had a meeting with Bestie and a few guys today for a dinner we're doing in October, and Bestie had some uh, good shots shots fired in the meeting. So hopefully we can get him get recorded. Oh, I can't even remember, but you can look at Annalise uh, Annalise Gregory's Instagram account. And just look through her comments, and Bestie takes a few shots in there too. It's not not at her, not at her, not at not at Annalise. The pippies yeah, just, one, yeah. <laughs> just look at the photo of the pippies and enjoy. <laughs> um, do you guys want to plug anything before we before we send off? Anything cool coming up? 
Oh, we're doing a feral dinner in October. Yeah, that sounds yeah, cool. Yeah, come to that. It's going to be really fun. You're doing a what? Uh, we're doing a feral dinner. We've got a whole lot of feral animals and we're doing it with the guys from Young Henry's. So like make feral cats and rats. Well, and I'm trying to get cat. Actually, it's not even joking, but I haven't been able to actually legally no, get it yet. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah, I am. It's oh fully vegan. Yeah. No, we've got camel, we've got goat, we've got uh, wild deers, we've got pigs, rabbits and hares. And we're going to do a whole lot of um, things with them and we're going to serve it on a big table with no cutlery and no plates. Just a shitload of napkins. You have to come and eat with your hands, and everything has to be thrown on the floor at the end of it. Nice. Uh, the guys from Young Henry's are legends. They're getting like they're getting the spirit going. We're going to get really loose, so come to that. I don't think there's many tickets left. It went on sale today, but you should definitely come. And don't be boring if you come. And like, what's the? Fun. You're doing one at Ten William Street soon as well, right? Oh yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're doing. <laughs> so yeah, part of being unemployed means you get to do all the things you never get to do. So me and Jam are doing Harrow Sundays uh, on the 20th of September. We're taking over Ten William, and we're going to do like a Chinese style banquet it's going to be very loose we're putting together a list of wines just one offs so one bottle per item um, the guys from uh, some of the importers of wine have really let us have some fun with their sellers so there's going to be some cool bottles and um, we're going to do it pretty pretty messy Sunday Exciting. on the 20th the 20th September. September a Sunday starts at 12 no bookings walk in only uh, not through the front door you've got to come through the side door I and thought you weren't going to tell people that. Well, can I, I have always a, not going to come. <laughs> and we're just cooking until we run out of food. So can I have a table of two, please? No bookings, Mitch. <laughs> not even you can have friends. a booking. But, but I emailed Mikey. No emails. I email if you want to come to the feral dinner. Info at pinbone.com. If, if you want a book, you've got to comment on Annalise Gregory's Instagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danielle, and, t- and tag my best. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, are you, are you got anything that you want to push at the moment? Paddington 2015, maybe 2016. <laughs> Keep your eyes peeled. What, has it got a name yet? Um, I'm not. No. You're not allowed to say it. No, no. Mr. Wong 2. <laughs> Danielle Hong. Yeah. Um, That's creepy. Rich, next fun employed dinner is when? It's week on Sunday. We just sold out yesterday. Oh, don't worry about it. Relief. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what are you cooking? What's your dish? I'm not sure yet. Um, we're just still sorting that out. It'll be if I cook it, it'll be some like English stuff. So shit, shit, yeah. some boring stuff that you'll hate. But Georgia's there to cook stuff you'll actually like. Yeah, Mushy great. peas. Mushy yeah, peas. maybe. Yeah. Levens, what have you got to plug? What are you doing with your life? Um, I'm just DJing. That's all. Yeah. Where? The clubs. Which the club. The, the circuit. Pocket. I'm a good god all weekend. But I, I don't even know when this episode is going to go up. Should we? Ma- should we decide now? All six of us. Um, should should uh, new episodes of the Mitch and go up on Fridays or Mondays? What do you prefer? I think Mondays because Fridays, Fridays people won't. Yeah. 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 All right, Mondays it is. So um, you can care, catch me listen. nowhere because the weekend has <laughs> happened and I forget what I, what I'm doing the weekend after. Is there, is there a plug from Cam? Cam Acme. Um, I'll, I'll do I'll do Acme's pl- um, so. plug. Uh, come to Acme, eat their gluten free pasta on their timeout plate. It's uh, thirty dollars. And be very mean to them. <laughs> See, see if you can make Cam crack. <laughs> oh, give it, won't, it, a go. it won't really take much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us today in the Mitchin, and we will see you next week. Thanks, Liv. Bye. Thanks. Bye. It's the Mitchin Podcast with Krill Dog and Andy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop 
dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 